Did you know that the brains of introverts and extroverts are measurably different? MRI technology reveals that the dopamine reward network is more active in the brains of extroverts, while introverts have more gray matter. I posted a graphic this week with this brain fact written on it on social media, and it drew more feedback and comments than usual, making me think that this needs to be this week's Brain Fact Friday. Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast for Brain Fact Friday and episode number 186 on using neuroscience to understand the introverted and extroverted brain. For those new or returning guests, welcome. I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and educator from Toronto, Canada, now in Arizona, and like many of you listening, have been fascinated with learning and understanding the science behind high-performance strategies that we can use to improve our productivity in our schools, our sports, and workplace environments. After I posted this graphic on social media that you can see in the show notes, John Harmon, mind-brain researcher from episode number 170, made a comment that really made me think, which is the purpose of this podcast. I want us to all think on a deeper level about understanding how our brain functions and impacts our results. He said, this makes sense to me since extroverts engage in more high-energy personal interactions. Conversations trigger more emotional ups and downs, including rewarding thoughts and feelings, especially feelings. With introverts, solitary activity tends to be much more even-keeled emotionally. Feelings of reward are weaker and less frequent. Therefore, the dopamine-laden neural networks that coincide with this feeling will be less active as well. I had to stop and think after reading John's thoughts, and it took me inside my own brain. I could think of those times that I'm stepping away from my usual introverted self when I'm studying, reading, and researching in my quiet office towards a more extroverted persona when I'm speaking in public and interacting with larger groups that this high-energy interaction results in a spike of dopamine that I enjoy, but not for too long, as I crave the quiet and solitude of my office to bounce back and recharge before another event. John's comments made me want to dive a bit deeper into understanding our personality traits, especially over the holidays where we may be interacting with others on a more social level. If we can understand ourselves and others at the brain level, it might give us more clarity and awareness throughout this holiday season and into the new year, helping us to see why we feel the way we do and see beyond the labels of introversion and extroversion. When I typed introverts and extroverts into PubMed.gov, where I've been taught to look for the most current brain research, I found 170 articles ranging from different topics like childhood experiences and adult health or introversion, extroversion, time stress and caffeine, effects on verbal performance. I knew that this was going to be a good topic to take a closer look at if there were this many abstracts to read. If you want to dive deeper than I go with this brain fact, you can easily go to pubmed.gov 
and type in the words introvert and extrovert to see the studies that have been done on this topic. Also, if you want a quick reminder of how to tie in the most current neuroscience research to your next presentation, go back and listen to episode 124 on how to be a neuroscience researcher in four simple steps, and you can easily add brain research to your work. So back to this week's Brain Fact Friday on introverts and extroverts. It was Carl Jung who created these terms in the first place way back in 1920. He deduced that extroverts gained their energy from their social interactions and external environments and tended to feel uncomfortable and anxious when they found themselves alone. Introverts, on the other hand, can replenish their energy levels when they're in quiet environments. Unlike extroverts, they find socializing and busy environments overstimulating and too demanding. So what are the differences between introverts and extroverts' brains? I found three backed by science. First, the dopamine difference. Introverts are sensitive to dopamine, which explains why they prefer solitude and calm over those high-energy personal interactions. Extroverts draw their energy from others, while introverts need time to recharge after being around others for longer periods of time. This is an easy one to see. You know whether being at a party, especially this time of year, is something that fuels you or depletes you. It happened to my husband and I recently, where we were at a party and the host, an obvious extrovert, came over to us, unable to hold in his excitement, and he exclaimed, Hey guys, I want you to know that we've extended the party by three hours. He was thrilled to share this with us. And we were all having an incredible time, but to an introvert, this news wouldn't be exciting to hear at all. When my husband looked at me and was still okay with leaving the party early to stick to our schedule of waking up early the next day, I was thankful that I was there with an introvert like me who understood this without saying a word. Extroverts are less sensitive to dopamine and need more of it for their happiness, which was obvious with the extroverts on the dance floor who were there long after we had left the party and gone to sleep. Fact two, introverts prefer a different side of their nervous system, the parasympathetic side that's responsible for the rest and digest mode and restoring the body to a calm state versus the sympathetic side that triggers the fight or flight mode. We dove deep into understanding the parasympathetic nervous system with Suzanne Gunderson on episode 59, and her interview that's worth reviewing has risen to our top 10 most watched interviews we've conducted, and it can really help us with strategies to calm our brain when under stress. Remember, while extroverts are linked with the dopamine, adrenaline, energy-spending sympathetic nervous system, allowing them to engage in those high-energy personal interactions, like John Harmon noted, introverts are connected with the acetylcholine, energy-conserving parasympathetic nervous system that explains the need for taking a break from stimulating environments. Acetylcholine is related to pleasure, just like dopamine. However, acetylcholine makes a person feel good when they turn inward. Understanding ourselves and others is much easier when we can link our personality and how we behave to the wiring within our brain and nervous system, as well as how we respond to the neurotransmitters our brain creates. Fact 3. 
Introverts have more gray matter in the front of their brains. A study in the Journal of Neuroscience found that introverts had thicker gray matter in their prefrontal cortex, the area of the brain associated with abstract thought and decision-making. Extroverts had thinner gray matter in the same area that's associated with deeper thought and planning, which suggests that extroverts may be more prone to impulsivity than introverts who prefer to mull things over. Travis Bradbury, the author of the best-selling book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, reminds us that how social you are is driven by dopamine, the brain's feel-good hormone, and we all have different levels of dopamine-fueled stimulation in the neocortex, that area of the brain that's responsible for higher mental functions like language and conscious thought. Those who naturally have high levels of stimulation tend to be introverts. Like we said before, they're more sensitive to dopamine. They try to avoid any extra social stimulation that might make them feel anxious or overwhelmed. And those with low levels of stimulation tend to be extroverts. Under-stimulation leaves extroverts feeling bored, so they seek social stimulation to feel good. Just like my friend, the extrovert, who extended the party for three more hours that night, this caused his dopamine to rise and kept him on the dance floor all night, while the thought of dancing more made me look at my watch and think of ways to avoid the surge of dopamine with an early night. While taking a closer look inside our brain and nervous system can help us to gain understanding, my LinkedIn connection, Danny Coates, reminded me that the key word in this graphic is more, and that all healthy human beings have a dopamine reward network and plenty of gray matter, which means we all have the potential to exercise introversion at times and extroversion at times, reminding us not to put people into groups of either introverts or extroverts. This rang true to me as there's times I question, what am I, introverted or extroverted? Because public speaking energizes me. So I can't be only a bookworm who loves to study and learn in a quiet environment, leading me to think like Denny and look for what could be in the middle. Then I found the term ambivert, whose personality type doesn't lean too heavily in either direction. They have a much easier time adjusting their approach to people based on the situation. So what are you? If you're still not sure, you can take Travis Bradbury's Nine Signs You're an Ambervert quiz. And if you answer yes to most of these questions, you're probably like me and sometimes seek out stimulation while other times like to avoid it. See how you can leverage your personality type, remembering that we don't have to label ourselves as one or the other, but can learn how to adapt to social situations and make them work for us, not against us. So I'll put the nine questions in the show notes you can ask yourself. To review this week's Brain Fact Friday, using neuroscience to understand the introverted and extroverted brain, I hope this helps you, like it did me, to see inside our brain at the differences and help us to see that we don't have to be one or the other, introvert or extrovert, but stretch ourselves when we need to in our professional or social environments and then give ourselves a break when we notice we need to back off and go within to recharge our batteries. Have a wonderful weekend, whether you'll be out at a party, working, or relaxing. Either way, I hope you choose whatever gives you the most energy to launch yourself a productive week. See you next week. If- 
If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 